Hello, this is Diksha from NewsLaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 8th of May. India recorded more than 4 lakh cases of COVID-19 in the last 24 hours. This is the fourth time since May 1st that a spike of more than 4 lakh infections was reported in a day. The total tally of infections in the country has risen to over 2 crore 18 lakh. More than 4,100 deaths were recorded in the span of 24 hours and the death toll now stands at over 2,38,000. The current figures of cases and fatalities, despite being staggering, have been reported to be heavy undercounts. Globally, COVID has infected more than 156 million people across the world so far, claiming the lives of more than 3.2 million. India's Union Health Ministry said today that COVID-positive reports are no longer required to get admission into COVID hospitals. This comes after many symptomatic patients in different states were denied hospitalization because they did not have COVID test reports. In view of rising infections, the Tamil Nadu government this morning announced that it will impose a complete lockdown in the state for two weeks starting May 10. The state recorded more than 26,000 new infections on Friday. The state's new chief minister, M.K. Stalin, said the lockdown will be in place from 4 a.m. on May 10 to 4 a.m. on May 24. Tamil Nadu is among the 12 states currently having an active caseload of over 1 lakh cases each. The Karnataka government also announced a two-week lockdown in the state yesterday, starting May 10. The state reported 592 deaths on Friday, its highest single-day fatality count. More than 48,000 cases were recorded on the same day. Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal, meanwhile, appealed to the central government to provide additional vaccine doses. He said that people from other states like Uttar Pradesh, referring to Noida and Ghaziabad, were also coming to the capital to get the vaccine. Kejriwal added, and I quote, We need 80 to 85 lakh vaccine doses each month for three months to inoculate all in Delhi. Unquote. Amid an acute shortage of medical oxygen being faced by Delhi, the police yesterday seized more than 450 oxygen concentrators during raids at multiple locations. 96 concentrators were seized from an eatery in the Khan market area. The police said that 419 more machines were recovered during a search operation at the Lodi colony area. At this time of crisis in Delhi, some people have decided to use the oxygen shortage as an opportunity to scam desperate families of COVID patients and swindle money from them. In her latest report, News Laundry's Nidhi Suresh details how a man called Sachin Agarwal is defrauding people in need of medical oxygen. Nidhi herself was targeted by Agarwal while struggling to procure oxygen for a patient in need. Agarwal's modus operandi is to collect money from families while failing to deliver the oxygen. To read the detailed report, go to newslaundry.com. It is titled, Sachin Agarwal is defrauding people looking for oxygen. Who is he? While you're there, do read my colleague Supriti David's report about how the governing Ahmadmi Party in Delhi removed seven Hindustan Times journalists from the party's WhatsApp group, which gives official updates to reporters. Why was this done, you ask? Because Hindustan Times published a report critical of the Delhi government's handling of the oxygen crisis. Supriti's report is titled, Shameless, AAP Draws Journalist Ire for Cutting Access to Hindustan Times Reporters. The Indian Express reported today that when the COVID crisis started worsening in April, the Election Commission of India had considered postponing a few phases of voting across states but eventually decided against it. 
The report stated that the poll body decided not to defer the polls out of concerns that this would require President's rule and would have damaged the EC's reputation. Election Commissioner Rajiv Kumar said that the poll body did not stop the elections as this would have exposed it to the accusation of favouring one party over another. He added that this would have led to quote-unquote massive UN cry and popular discontentment. Kumar made these revelations in an affidavit that was rejected by the EC and never reached the Madras High Court. The High Court on April 26 had singularly blamed the EC for the COVID crisis in its oral observations, saying that it should be charged with murder. After the criticism, the EC had petitioned the High Court and the Supreme Court to restrain the media from reporting on oral observations made in courts. Both the courts refused to pass such an order. After the Madras High Court's criticism, reports have indicated that there was internal disagreement in the poll body. Rajiv Kumar's affidavit said that the High Court's remarks on the EC had demoralised its rank and file. Kumar requested the court to not punish the institution but the individual, offering to take personal responsibility and resign from his position. Meanwhile, legal news website Live Law reported yesterday that a lawyer from the EC's panel of lawyers in the Supreme Court has resigned, saying that his values are not in consonance with the poll panel at this time. The Adityanath-led government in Uttar Pradesh said yesterday that adequate oxygen supply was being arranged in the state. Additionally, it said on Thursday that 1,032 metric tons of oxygen was distributed across the state, while another 80 metric ton would be reaching UP from Gujarat today. In contrast with the state government's remarks about adequate oxygen supply, hospitals have reported shortages. Families of patients have been scrambling for oxygen and even members of the governing party have flagged shortages. Earlier today, a BJP MP from Lakhimpur Kheri, Lokendra Pratap Singh, wrote to the Chief Minister saying that a crippling shortage of oxygen had led to many people losing their lives in the region he represents. According to the Indian Express, Singh is among the multiple leaders and legislators from UP who have flagged the lack of COVID medical supplies, most importantly oxygen, in their areas. Singh's letter, which went viral on social media, details the extent to which Lakhimpur Kheri has been affected by the ongoing second wave. He wrote that he has helplessly watched people die in need of medical supplies. He added that he was unable to save the lives of several social workers, journalists, politicians, teachers and government employees, among others, despite distress calls. Before Singh, Kanpur BJP MP Satyadev Pachauri had written to the Deputy Chief Minister Keshav Prasad Maurya, who is also in charge of his district, stating that people had died in need of timely medical care. Meanwhile, Lucknow Police this week filed an FIR against a private hospital in the city for allegedly spreading quote-unquote false rumours about oxygen shortage and trying to hoard oxygen. The Indian Express reported that the hospital, called Sun Hospital, said that it would move the Allahabad High Court against the FIR. Earlier this week, the Allahabad High Court said that deaths due to oxygen shortage at hospitals was quote-unquote not less than genocide. The High Court had taken into consideration a notice put out by Sun Hospital asking families to shift patients to other hospitals as Sun Hospital was facing an oxygen shortage. The Adityanath government's denial about the oxygen shortage runs so deep that in late April, it asked officials to book people under the National Security Act if they quote-unquote spread rumours and propaganda on social media and tried to spoil the atmosphere.
But several ground reports, including those by News Laundry, have shown how patients have died as a consequence of this shortage of medical supplies, even as the state's hospitals are overburdened. Our reporters Ayush and Basant spoke to 33-year-old Sachin Saini from Muzaffar Nagar, who lost his pregnant wife Anjali while shifting her from one hospital to another in want of a ventilator and urgent care. A distressed Sachin said, and I quote, I lost to the system. My children search for their mother. What do I tell them? Adding to this anguish is a message that he received from the state government two days later. To find out more, watch Ayush and Basant's video report on newslaundry.com titled UP Woman Dies from COVID. Her sample is collected two days after and tests negative. While the UP government books people for quote-unquote spoiling the atmosphere, it's the media's job to bring out the gravity of the worsening situation. This is what we are trying to do. Four of our reporters are on ground in UP. You can check out their coverage on newslaundry.com, filed under the section UP COVID Disaster. Our work is powered by our subscribers, and we urge you to join the movement to pay to keep news free and independent. So if you haven't subscribed yet, go to newslaundry.com today and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. Lowest subscriptions start at just 300 rupees a month. The Calcutta High Court today sought a report from the West Bengal government on the post-poll violence in the state. A five-judge bench adjourned the matter after Advocate General Kishore Datta, appearing for the state government, said that he would file an affidavit specifying the areas in which violence took place and the steps taken to prevent it. Once Datta files the report, the court said it will consider setting up a special investigation team to look into the incidents of violence. The High Court's order was passed on a plea which was filed by Anindya Sundar Das, a lawyer who had alleged that the life and liberty of people in the state was in danger due to the alleged inaction by the police. The petition claimed that TMC activists attacked the supporters of opposition parties and ransacked and looted their properties. Since the Assembly election result was declared in the state on Monday, Bengal has reported several incidents of political violence which left at least 20 people dead. Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee announced a compensation of Rs 2 lakh each for the families of those who died in the violence. Also in West Bengal, the state government has moved the Supreme Court seeking a uniform vaccination policy by removing the differential pricing mechanism in the ongoing phase of the nationwide vaccination drive. In its petition, the state government said that the centre should place a bulk order for vaccines with both domestic and foreign manufacturers to ensure universal vaccine coverage. And now for some international news. More than 205 Palestinians and 17 Israeli police officers were injured during the violence at the sacred Jerusalem site near Sheikh Jarrah in Israel. Thousands of worshippers had gathered last night for weekly prayers at the hilltop Al-Aqsa Mosque compound amid heavy Israeli police presence. Al Jazeera reported that the Israeli police fired rubber-coated metal bullets and stun grenades towards the stone-pelting Palestinians. The police also used water cannons mounted on armoured vehicles. The violence is a result of anger over the potential eviction of dozens of Palestinians from their homes on land claimed by Jewish settlers. The potential evictions have been criticised by the European Union and Jordan. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. 
help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.